Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane. And today I have a friend of mine who I have known well, well over 20 years. I have my friend Ginger here with me today, and we are talking mental health, addiction, and being a mom. So welcome Ginger into the fast lane with me today. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so we all know that being a mom is the most rewarding yet the most challenging job that we could possibly have, right? A hundred percent, yes. <laughs> so let's talk about how we deal with that um, under more stressful circumstances, because obviously I would say 99.9% of us do not have a perfect life. We all have our own struggles and we have our own battles that we deal with daily. So talk to me about your journey of being a mom. Well, I was a very young mother. I was 16 years old, well, 17 years old when I had Brooke. So um, I was kind of, I was raised in a really great supportive family. Thank the Lord, because it was hard and I was very involved in school and things still. So I was still a kid myself and she and I have basically kind of grown up together and we've been through some stuff. <laughs> um, and then I have my middle son, Caleb, and he, um, you know, I, I don't relate to a lot of boy things all the time. So I'm learning with each child. My youngest <laughs> is a seventh grader. I don't, it's been different with each one. And momming has no, there's no rules. And to try and relate to the kids is the huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. What are they going through? Where's this behavior coming from? What's the underlying, not always. I'm kind of a soft mom. I really am. <laughs> I'm kind of a weenie sometimes. I need reinforcements and I luckily have those. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And it is hard being a mom to multiple children because everyone has such different personalities and you got to meet everyone where they are because you can't parent every kid the same. You just, you just can't do it. No, no, it doesn't. It just the same things don't work. Mm-mm. And we have that discussion. And sometimes they do. And what's that? And sometimes they do, which is nice. You know, you can relate or the sister and brother can relate and they can talk about it. But, you know, they're very different in many ways. <laughs> what, um, what did you find being a young mom? What was the biggest struggle in that? You had a really good uh, support system. So that's huge to begin with. But what was your biggest yes. struggle being a young mom? So I think it was the balance of, I was very involved in school. I I enjoyed being in things, extracurriculars. I mean, that's how I filled my time. Well, then when you're a mom, you have a priority that fills all of your time mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. every, every minute. So um, it was hard basically to get understand what I should continue doing and what I needed to set aside because it wasn't just my journey anymore. Um, I think that I lost a little bit of myself there because I was told it's not about you anymore. Um, 
So my mind went there literally very many times. You know, it's not about me anymore. And that was quite the adjustment um, mm-hmm. mentally a lot. You know, I I had very supportive friends too and teachers and all of all of that. So just to get through that and be able to know that we got through that right away, like we already had to be tough, you know. Um, I think I don't I don't want to say I started losing myself because the, it's the greatest gift to be a mom. I just didn't know how to balance. Mm-hmm. So I was very much. Did that cause any anxiety or depression at that time? Yes, absolutely. Um, my mom, I mean, I am the oldest. I have three siblings from my mom on her side and she, she was still raising them. My brother is 10 years younger than me. So he was six, you know, like she was still raising three young kids there. And then she was a stay at home mom. So she would watch my daughter. And so then I would go be a kid at school and I would do the extracurriculars. And thankfully she allowed me to do that. But when school was out, I had no direction. I like when you graduated? Didn't know with myself yeah okay yep so then when you graduated and you're 18 now with a one-year-old yep all right so what what's going on at that time in life well that's a whole lot of my mom and I you know it was like I wanted to get out of the house I wanted to move and start well that lasted for about mm, maybe two months and I did well and I moved out and then pretty soon it was it became a party house and I was I was always asking mom to take kids you know and I was enjoying I wanted to be young and there again it's that thing you know where what's my balance and Sometimes I just hug my mom and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did you even stand me? Like when I look back at <laughs> some of my priorities, because I just was lost. And then that really, that's not the first time I started drinking. I, I dabbled in alcohol, you know, before, but I, that's when it really became a, I don't have to think of any of this. Mm-hmm. And my mom had my back and. She also ended up sending me to treatment twice until I was 24 or so. And uh, it's been a problem since then. But you obviously were a good mom because you were making sure that your daughter was taken care of. Yes, my mother was definitely the, I mean, my strength in that. She was also a young mom, She, you know. She was 16 years old. So I think a lot of that kind of, she related to me in that way. Mm-hmm. So but, what was um, treatment yeah, like for Brooke you? was still number one. What was treatment like for me? Well, the first time I didn't want to be there. I couldn't absolutely even understand why I was there. I was forced there by a court order from my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I got picked up at a friend's house and was 
in the shower. And they said, well, that's good because you got to go to treatment. So, and I was like, what? And they had a paper for me. So I went there and I just, like I said, I couldn't believe why I was there. Um, there was a lot of people who were into heavier things that had gone through far, far more traumatic things in their life than I had experienced. And I just didn't understand it. It ended up being a life skills thing, but I wasn't on track very long. So how long were you there? Um, it was 30 days. I did an inpatient treatment for 30 days. And the second time was also a 30 day inpatient. And that time my daughter was older and I had had another child. And that was, I was 23 or so. Wow. That's yep. a lot of responsibility. Yep. And it was, it was, you know, oh boy, I already didn't, wasn't, you know, really on track. But I was like, yep, I'm going to have another baby. And then I just, that was probably before I was pregnant with my middle son. I, that's probably when I, that's when I dabbled into other things and tried, um, harsher things. I, I tried cocaine. I tried meth. I tried, I never tried heroin or needled mushrooms. I tried that like good grief. When I think of that now, I just, it makes me want to absolutely throw up, but I did. And the reason I did half the time was probably because I was drunk. Mm -hmm. Now, do you, at that time, do you think, um, experimenting with that stuff was, uh, mental health a part of that was it the people you were hanging around what was going on there um well of course with I mean my mom being my rock she, um there was boundaries that and it was you cannot come home unless you do this um you know how they do when you have a family session at treatment they have you uh, uh, your family say what they're not going to do for you anymore if you continue down this path and I even the second time I I didn't do well for but two weeks maybe and so a lot of that I wasn't acknowledging a lot of things when I'd go to treatment I wasn't taking my time to it was literally just a rest and it was where I would start to like feel a little better again and then I would just fall off. Mm-hmm. Did they have you and on it's really medicine? About a lot of times um, they did they did have me on a few different things. Um, I was diagnosed with bipolar on my third time. Mm-hmm. That was a willing time uh, that okay. I wanted to go get help. Um, They had me on some things for bipolar, but then when I got more mental health testing done, then that ended up being, I've been on a lot of different kinds of types of medicine and it's not, I'm not currently on anything. I take anxiety meds as needed. Okay. Because nothing, I, nothing mixes with booze. Like... (laughs) (laughs) You can't really take medicine and expect it to do anything when you are drowning it down with 
you know, a beer. Right. So I wasn't consistent. Pretty soon I'd, you know, I'd go, oh, four days. Wow, that was really good. <laughs> and then, yeah, I progressively saw it this time getting very much worse. So I would, I would modify things. I would go, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not blacking out anymore, which I used to think everybody did when they drank. I just thought that. Um, I, I'm not drinking hard alcohol you know all the things that would like make me feel a little better about mm-hmm. not so bad and what it, it age really got you, in my head what age were you do you think where it was the worst where you knew like something had to change um The worst was probably, yeah, when I, the third time I was 25, maybe, 24, 25. They were all very close in years. Um, I hadn't had my youngest son, Jack, yet. So that was when I actually wanted to go and I was willing to participate in things and acknowledge some things that I'd gone through in my life, some that were bad choices, some that were completely out of my control. Um, That's when I actually started looking at myself, not feeling like a victim of, oh, don't they know how hard it is for me? (laughs) You know, the pity party. Mm -hmm. That's when I had to cut that out. And I realized it. So. And when did you realize that you had some PTSD? Um. Actually, I just found that out when I was 37, so I'm 39, and alcohol was, you know, just always lingering about, doing all the things that had to involve it. Everybody could have one, I could finish the rest, because <laughs> there was only left if everybody else only had one. Mm-hmm. And, but I, ke- I kept it pretty quiet. Sorry, I just strayed off. What was, <laughs> what was you? What was your question? I asked when um, when the PTSD had came out. Oh yeah, that. So thirty seven years old, two years ago, I did some mental health testing, and they did like, um, my behavior. My my results say because I actually had a feeling that you might ask something about it, so. I have behavioral symptoms of feeling overwhelmed easily, tension, low self-esteem, and I seek stimulating experiences. Um, And I suffer from a post-traumatic stress disorder with significant acute and chronic anxiety symptoms. Her self-esteem is fragile. She will tend to be highly self-critical. So to read that on paper for me was like, yeah Mm -hmm. it was kind of it was like yes like I can figure out what to deal with what I can what I can research what I can read on how I can because it's do you um you cut out there for a second what did you say 
I think of people that have gone through like war, you know, when I think PTSD, like I I think of people, when they would ask me, have you experienced any trauma? I thought it meant like a blow to the head or, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. I never understood that trauma was far more than that. And then I started recognizing even far back into childhood, you know, just things that I've experienced a lot of loss in my life. Um, My brother passed away and I feel Mm -hmm. like that is really where it got intense. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you like to be transparent with your kids about everything that you've gone through? I do very much. So almost sometimes where I wonder if I shouldn't be. Really? I mean, like, more with the older two. Right. But my youngest one sees right through me. Ah. He <laughs> he just, he know he just knows. Like, he can just tell. So, he calls me out on stuff, so then I talk. And he is getting older, you know. I, he's my youngest, but he's getting older. So, I'm getting to be more with him, but the oldest two pretty much know all the things. And do you think that is, that's beneficial for them? So, you know, don't do what I did, you know, do what I say type thing. Like, hey, I went through this. I, would, I learned the hard way. Don't do this. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely do. They are, they like to learn things the hard way too, no matter. Um, Sometimes, and it's not, it's not always bad things, but yeah. I, it's like they have to experience things for themselves to know. Right. And so some things that some things they do understand or they, they, you know, it does help them at least think about something before doing it or, you know, where maybe it's just a little small stop sign on right before a choice. I can't make the choice, but you know, if my story or, my experiences help them to just stop really quick that would be why I am transparent Mm -hmm. and how do you like today how do you balance mental health being a mom being sober how do you how do you manage that on a daily basis is there certain things like you have to read or do or do you have a new hobby or anything like that I I all of those things Absolutely all of them. Yeah, I, I will find absolutely anything to do. If I don't feel like working with my plants, you know, I'll go to the park with Jack. If I don't feel like doing that, Caleb and I will go grocery shopping, you know, I'll go in and visit my daughter all. But doing that is exhausting. Yeah, trying to feel all of the time with something else I've found that that's actually kind of wearing me out so I've had to find other things where like a routine on Mondays I will stop and I will watch um, Embrace North Dakota Live it's just a small group out of Minot I started watching them online when they were um, during COVID and I, I was trying to find all the things during that time for mm-hmm. 
just knowing where I was at. But um, yeah, and then just talking to my kids, you know, every day. My my thing with Jack, I like to bring him to school every morning. I'd like to pick him up. Even when he had the option of going on the bus, I would take him and Caleb, I would pick them up. It's very important to me for some reason. It's always been. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like, nope. I, I can't do it. I can't do this at that time because I need to pick up my kids. And it's, it's hard to balance things, but if even it's just the moment here or a moment there where it's just him and I for talk, you know, or a phone call with the older two or Caleb and I, we can sit and talk forever. It's just the moment, taking the moment to be still. Mm-hmm. and just be just be with each other and I do feel like there I have more time for that where I'm I wasn't I'm not preoccupied with thinking like okay yeah well it's eight o'clock you know so we're having this great conversation but I should probably drink some beers it's mm-hmm. very it's so weird how it's just your mind I mean some people don't understand I don't really but I just have to change behaviors. And so I'm trying to do routine things in the morning. You know, I, I try to read my devotion thing. If that one does nothing for me, I, I look for something else. <laughs> Cause sometimes, you know, you go looking for that little boost to start the day. Mm-hmm. So I'll look elsewhere and start that way and then work and then, and then activities in the evening and not involving booze anymore so I did those things already anyways it's just doing them without drinking did anyone in your family suffer from addiction that you watched yeah yep still do some recovering some sober for 25 plus years and are you able to be around people who drink or or did you have to remove yourself completely um no I am able I I have no desire I mean yes there's sometimes where I'm like oh I could just you I I want a beer and I think about it and I have to put myself no you don't like you really don't because you know what's going to happen if you do. So I know I always have the choice. So I don't feel like so far it hasn't been a problem. But I don't really need to drink to socialize. It's more when I, I just want to get away from my own head. So that's, that is, has not been hard. And so maybe ha- it will, you know, there will be times I bet it will. Will you, um, you reach out and do you talk to other people who have gone through the same things or is this something that is best for you to deal with, uh, yourself? Um, I, I have like two people that I absolutely will reach out to if I feel like I'm about to drink. 
one of them is my aunt and one of them is one of my good friends. And they've both been sober 20 plus years. And I feel I haven't yet, but they have told me I can. And I, if I need to, I will. But there is a lot that I do need to just, that I got to work on every single day. You know, I can't be, I got to do it for myself. I can't always be relying on other people's energy or, or their encouragement for me to continue on. Like mm-hmm. if I'm by myself in this world with a case of beer, you know, like just, am I going to be strong enough? Mm-hmm. I have to be, so I have to rely on myself, but I couldn't like right now I'm trying to do better in my faith because I feel like I had a big long fight with God really because I would blame him yes so that's been something that I just I feel a peace inside it's I grew up you know we went to church it didn't it wasn't always Lutheran it was Nazarene it was Methodist we went wherever and it's always been inside me it gives me a good feeling and so I really, during COVID, that was another thing that I really wanted to work on. And it's, I feel like it's led me to this point. I couldn't do it myself before. Hmm. So maybe not so much people, but my faith and hope. Mm-hmm. What do you say to other people who are experiencing this and they feel alone or maybe they feel like they are unable to stop and this is just part of their life forever? There's, I say that there, there's no time better than now. You have to start. You have to start somewhere and you can't wish for it. You have to take action. And if you're not strong enough and you don't feel strong enough, because I know I thought about it for two years probably, you know, and I, I knew it was a problem this last time again. You know, I knew where it was headed. You'd be amazed at the strength of it just getting through one day will give you. Start with one day. That is, and each day is different. Some days you, I mean, it's not any different than anybody else who isn't struggling with addiction or, you know, there's bad days and good days. That's what it is. It's it's going to be that way, but you start to appreciate the good a little more and dwell on the bad a little less. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.